Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. So a few words uh, about practice before we sit together. So the first time I, uh, I uh, learned about meditation, um, I was, uh, it's in that time I talked about, I think yesterday or the day before, about learning I was uh, HIV positive and uh, being very confused and uh, uh, distressed. And, um, you know, the, spending a lot of time projecting about the future and fearing it and uh, how, how will it unfold and how ugly it's going to get or things like this. And so I was spending a lot of time, I think, thinking about past and future and trying to figure out things. And so I remember learning the, the first instructions about meditation And there was something very surprising about the instructions where it seemed that what was said was, oh, you want to find a way out of uh, your suffering. And uh, instead of thinking, thinking about what's going to happen and try to organize and prevent and strategize, uh, we'll, we'll give you just to start a very simple way uh, to do this. And instead of paying attention to your life, as it could be or would be, or just pay attention to your nose. That's kind of how I received Oh, oh, that would not have crossed my mind. <laughs> you know, that the way out of suffering was through the nose. <laughs> It was very surprising. Like, oh, pay attention just in that area. You know, and they, were, they were kind of generous. They said it could be the nose or the upper lip. And that's where the answer will, will be. And, uh, but uh, being desperate, I was willing to try anything, so I, I went for the nose. <laughs> And it was the instructions on uh, anapanasati, so attention uh, uh, to the breath, and specifically in this area here. And, uh, and so for me, that was the beginning of the kind of understanding of discovery of the Buddhist teaching where there is something we could call wise attention and divided into wise attention and unwise attention. So in my unwise attention, uh, you would sit me down here and say, okay, you're going to be sitting for half an hour or 45 minutes. I could spend a lot of time in thoughts, in uh, you know, possibilities and dramas and... <laughs> etc., what could have been the past, you know, not even the thinking about the past, but the other past that could have been, you know. And so, and here suddenly the, there was a whole field of what is called wise attention, and this is what we're uh, practicing here and exploring and discovering or cultivating. And so the, the, the field of the wise attention, as I understand it, 
in this teaching is the field of body experience. So there's a whole range. And so in, uh, in the instructions, we're trying to cover the whole range of what is uh, in this wise attention. So uh, there's both the objects, so what we attend to, what we learn to feel, discover, become intimate with, and how. So the wise attention is what we attend to and how we attend to it. So the what is, uh, will be uh, everything of the body, bodily experience. So, and we talked about the breath when we came here. So there's this, instead of thinking of next week, could we abandon that for a little while and, and just be, become aware that this body is breathing? First, that there is a body. You know, just discovering that, oh, there's a body here now. So, and the breath. And the posture, we've been talking about posture, not in terms of correcting it so much and making it the perfect posture, but in terms of something extremely basic, just recognizing, oh, oh my God, this body's sitting. Often when this body's sitting, I'm busy communicating, thinking, getting things done, you know, and now the, the practice is, oh, can you actually sit and know in real time that sitting is happening? In a way, it's extremely, again, kind of primary, no? Most of us would say, yeah, I know, sitting. I don't have to spend hours looking at that, you know, like I, I've been sitting for decades now. No, well done, you're sitting now. Can you be aware of that? Oh, you're standing, wow, standing, walking. Like, forget standing, walking, you know. Somebody is out there and is my soulmate, you know. And I have to organize to meet them, you know. Like, no, just take note that you're standing and breathing. Oh, and sensation to, to touch the senses. Oh, there's tingling, there's hardness, there's softness. And uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, discomfort or ease or spaciousness. And then as we gave the instructions, and we incorporate in the wise attention also... Uh, moods and states of mind or emotions. Oh, what's the... This is my wording of it. You know, you'll have yours and Anushka has a way to present it. And, and then we gain access to the inner state. What is the taste in there, the flavor or the texture in there? The, is it spacious or it's tight? Is it broken or agitated or loving, friendly or harsh? And as we pay attention here, uh, a lot through the body, being aware that we're walking, being aware that we're sitting, being aware that we're breathing, we gain access to the state of mind or heart. Have you felt that? You know, so, oh, discouraged, despondent, oh, hopeful, oh, arrogant, oh, very special, very special state of mind, above, above others. Oh, below, you know, self-loathing has a particular felt sense to it, or ambiance, something like that. And so we get acquainted with that. So that's the kind of what we pay attention to, is the body, everything about the body, the breath, the posture, uh, the movements of the body, uh, the senses, the taste, the smells, the sight. We become aware that we see. It's a very rare thing. Usually we see to get the information. And now we kind of wake up. Oh, look at that. There's this particular sensitivity in beings. 
we get sensible, sensitive. You know, like you've been sitting, paying attention, discovering, feeling the sensations of hand resting, coldness at the fingers. And then the bell rings, and one opens the eyes. Wow, this is a whole other sensitivity that beings have, or maybe have. You know, it's a whole other world. It's not the world of sound. It's the world of sight, colors, and luminosity. Such an amazing thing. So we take note of this. Again, very primary. It's not like uh, what we do with sight, but just the experience of seeing. Such a strange thing, or a unique thing. So the world of the body, and then in this way we gain access to the heart and mind. Suddenly we discover that this meditator breathing is anxious, or this meditator breathing is numb, or this meditator breathing is calm, or the mind is, or the heart is. And so that's also in the field of wise attention. And then thoughts, we become aware that thinking is happening. Before we kind of believe it, are caught in it. Somebody used the expression yesterday, something about following the train of thought, but there was a particular way it was said that I felt was exactly how when we leave with the train of thoughts, you know. And so here we become aware of this. Oh, thought just finished. A thought just arise, arose, arise. And so that's also in the field of wise attention. That's something we, an object of attention is also, might be. We don't have to catch everything. We, we have different areas of investigation or exploration, you know. Uh, some of us will say, oh, I'm really much with the body, I'm discovering the body. Somebody, oh, I'm a lot with states of mind and emotion. Somebody, wow, thoughts, I never paid attention in this way to thoughts. Uh, I'm discovering now that some are impressions, they just slight little image that appear and almost don't exist, they just, something flashes, you know, and, and then it triggers something, or, oh, it's words said, oh, it's a debate, there's many kind of moi in there, having arguments, you know, so I'm discovering what's happening in this mind. So some of us, for some of us, it'll be interesting for a little time. So these are the objects. And then there's the how. And the how, the quality of attention, we're discovering, discovering in action. Not discovering just in understanding, but uh, an understanding that is uh, lived, that is uh, experienced. We're uh, getting a feel for mindfulness. This particular kind of attention that is a little bit more full, it's not like as superficial as our attention might be uh, some of the time or a lot of the time. It's a little bit more tuned in. And it's also non-judgmental. It's, it's, uh, it's not imposing. It's not harsh. It's not hating. It's not trying to acquire. It's not coercive. It's not saying, like, I'm going to be attentive when this is happening. It's actually curious about what is happening here now. Because maybe it understands that everything conquered or 
got together for this reality to be like this right now. So it's worth paying attention to it. So it's not in preference, it's not an attention that is in one thing this and not that. I want the boundaries of my body to dissolve, I want to be light, and I want to, the mind to be spacious. That's not mindfulness. Mindfulness is, what is here now? Look at that. It is light. Or look at that, it is heavy. Oh, look at that. It is whatever it is. Tingling. Yeah. And so that quality of attention is very special. And it's what we practice, what we learn, what we uh, clarify in action for ourselves. What is that attention that is non-demanding, not expecting, that is meeting, that is curious, that has... Uh, that is uh, as stable as possible, inviting stability. Can that be known more fully? Yeah? So that's the wise attention uh, in Buddhist uh, thoughts or psychology. And this morning, we'll bring on maybe another aspect of life that is in that field, that is already there, but naming it specifically so that we can kind of highlight it, maybe. And again, we're offering these instructions. Maybe you have your whole field, and it's a rich field of exploration right now. So maybe you'll not take this on, or maybe you'll, oh, look at that. That's another aspect that I'm curious to discover today, if it appears or not, if I can uh, feel it more clearly. So with every experience, with every phenomena, that happens for a human being, being it, it being heard, something heard, or seen, or tasted, or thought, or felt, felt in the body, or felt in the heart, or in the heart, body, mind. Any experience comes, many of you know that, comes with a, a feeling tone. It's something very particular. It's an aspect of a the experience that is either pleasant or unpleasant, or slightly pleasant or slightly unpleasant, or, as important, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. So when you hear a sound, a bird, for example, you can't control this. Huh? It's what, how it happens is in, in the hearing, there might be a little delight and some, something that felt as beautiful or agreeable. Do you recognize this? As a certain <coughs> sound. Another sound following suddenly will be uh, disagreeable or uh, disliked maybe or uh, unpleasant. And another sound will appear and it's going to be, if we are asked to describe it in this way, we won't be able to. We'll say, oh, it's not I wouldn't say it's pleasant or agreeable, and I wouldn't say it's disagreeable or unpleasant. It's neither one or the other. And so as our mindfulness or our, our attention, our presence kind of deepens or stabilizes or in this environment here that is supportive for that, we might start to feel this. We might have already very much access to, to this. It's really part of the human realm. You know, if you remove that from our experience, we probably wouldn't recognize life. Like, put mute on that bit. 
something is missing. I don't recognize life. Yeah? And so, uh, and also it's very central in the teaching. I mean, every aspect we talked about up to now, we could say is very central in the teachings. <laughs> so this is one aspect. It might be a doorway for you. It's a, a field of interest. Why? Because a lot of our difficulties in life evolves around that. They turn around that. Standard uh, way to respond or be with what is unpleasant is what? Kind of shutting down, thinking something is wrong, freaking out, paralyzing, collapsing inwardly, becoming discouraged, blaming, blaming here, blaming there. You know, something because often suddenly, immediately the feeling that some, it shouldn't be like that when it's unpleasant. It shouldn't happen. Something went wrong, you know. And, there's a, and often we call it the second harrow. So not only is it unpleasant, but distress follows in some ways. Wanting to lash out, escape, fear. Of course, all of this natural. And here we're saying, wow, we have an opportunity to see if we can have uh, discovered that and maybe make a distinction between the unpleasantness and the reactivity and just pay attention to that. And life is generous in this way with unpleasantness. (laughs) There is several opportunities every day. (laughs) Every sitting, every walk is, you know, life is generously offering you unpleasantness here and there. And so here we may be able to notice that, oh, unpleasant. And, and that's a way we can label it also. If we want, if it's useful for us to use the, a little mental noting. To, the mental noting often is uh, seen as a frame, like a frame around the picture to help us feel the experience. So we'll say, oh, stepping. It's not so we go, okay, stepping, I stepped, you know. But it's stepping so we can actually feel it. And so, using the label like this, maybe we'll recognize at some point, oh, unpleasant, unpleasant. Can that be known? Because usually I take off when there's unpleasant. Oh my God, I should have chosen another place, there's too much sun here. You know, oh, unpleasant, unpleasant. Can that be fully known? And let's see what's going to happen with it how it's going to behave, what's going to happen. Again, is to gain also an access to wisdom, integrity, uh, deeper, uh, instead of reacting and shutting down and losing my uh, abilities in reactivity, by learning to actually feel, I can learn to respond uh, in a better way. Oh, that doesn't work at all. Let me speak up, let me wait to see how it's going to unfold, you know? So I don't usually shut down, usually lash out. I can actually take in and remember my values of maybe respect and because I could easily become aggressive if something is unpleasant. But now I can actually feel, oh, actually I need to do something about this and also I want to consider the other. So so access to the fullness of my uh, inner ethics and something like that. In pleasantness, what happens in pleasantness? Often, not always, and it's for us, this is the field of exploration, 
So it's for us to actually pay attention today to say, oh my God, yes, I just got it. This is what, I've done it. I've shut down when the unpleasant came. Or, you know, the mind started strategizing to get rid of it immediately, you know. And in the pleasant, often what happens, not always, but often when something is pleasant, the mind will cling or grasp in some way. Like, oh, promise of pleasure. Mine. Move away. Have to defend. Have to get more of, you know. And, and so in this way, we lose access to the experience of pleasantness because the mind gets busy. Oh my God, are they going to call back if they don't call back, you know. Oh, this is a beautiful encounter. Let's be here fully, you know. Well, we have to do this again. We have to... I have to stay here. I have to move. It's spirit rock, you know. <laughs> because there's a pleasant sensation. It's like, no, let, let me actually feel the wholesomeness, if that's how it's felt, or, you know, of this. And the moment it turns disagreeable, I want to get out of here. I get, have to find my cell phone in some ways. <laughs> and my and drive off, you know. And so, here we can say like, oh, actually, let me feel this, let me feel this, you know. And so, in this way, that's the kind of freedom we're looking for. So, when an emotion comes, let's say, isolation or sasa, is it, I don't know, in English, in French, solitude could mean the experience of solitude that is beautiful, but it could also point to feeling isolated or lonely. Maybe loneliness comes. And because it's often loneliness is unpleasant, then I could be drawn to do a bunch of things to avoid it. Yeah? And the Buddha, and in his time, and was it the Buddha or this Dhammadina, who was, uh, she was very, very respected uh, in her time, at the time of the Buddha, as very wise being. And she talked a lot about, in the Pali term, for that aspect of reality, is Vedana, Vedana, the feeling tone. And uh, Damadina, she was really good at talking about this. And she, uh, there's many things she said. So I don't know if she's, it's her or the Buddha saying, unwise being, with a lot of compassion, unwise beings, when they meet the difficult, they pretty much the only thing they know to do because they get confused and reactive is they, tr- they immediately start to look for pleasantness because they don't know how to be with unpleasant. So, a little bit of loneliness might begin to arise. Fridge, phone, iPhone, you know, like... And here we say like, oh, hold on, loneliness arises. Can that be met, you know? And then the world opens for compassion. Can I actually meet this and not be scared? If I'm going to run away all my life from this, it's going to be a hard life. You know, are the conditions right here? Maybe this morning, maybe not. But to actually feel that, feel that washed through. Maybe discover that it actually arises, wave-like, and it washes through, and then maybe it merges, becomes something else. Especially if it's met with calm, with care, with compassion, or with courage. That suddenly it can become, wow, from loneliness, or big kind of gap, hole, or abyss kind of thing with patience and care, it became very surprisingly a kind of sweet fullness, spaciousness. I didn't know that this was possible. 
I thought I had to run away from that. Or, you know, how shame can wash through and I don't have to avoid it. I can let it wash through and it can become tenderness for self, forgiveness, uh, clarity, something else, you know. And if something beautiful happens, maybe I'll learn to bring calm in, invite calm in, like, oh my God, where's my camera? A deer, a deer, a deer. You know, like, oh, hold on, let me be there and discover that beauty, pleasantness actually passes and is ephemeral, therefore extremely precious. Wow, let me fully be there for that moment of uh, connection with this being. You know, I don't have to project, it's not going to happen, it should happen for the rest of our lives, you know. Let's be here fully for this, because it doesn't happen every day, connection. Let's be there, honor that, respect that, experience that fully. And lastly, when it's not pleasant or (coughs) unpleasant, often human beings will uh, get confused and lost. There's nothing happening. Why am I here? I should be somewhere else where there's stimulation. I can't be with not much, you know. I can be with neutrality. It's, it's more unbearable than everything else. Let me, let me create some awful scenario <laughs> that I think I can live with that. <laughs> but not much, like just breathing and being here in relative silence is unbearable, you know. So here we learn to say, like, oh, it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant right now. Can that be okay? And maybe it needs some heroism, you know. I'm going to meet neutrality, you know, and be there and allow that to be there. Ah, neutrality, let me know it fully. Can that be known? In this culture, I mean, in this dominant culture, I would say, in in this culture, the dominant culture is something that is, I think, feared or not valued or not uh, welcomed, and the three of them will happen. This is the nature of reality, sometimes pleasant, sometimes unpleasant, and sometimes neutral. The image I used yesterday, you might remember from the Buddha, is the image of bubble. The Buddha said, oh, you know, pleasantness arises and it pops, and unpleasantness arises and it pops at some point. And sometimes it's like, It becomes for us my bubble. You burst my bubble. I was having a good time until you started breathing. (laughs) I remember, I think a couple of years ago, Anushka, I hope I'm going to be be presenting you well, but I I think you said something like, uh, do you notice that when we come on retreat, we kind of bring bring all our kind of... uh, uh, Patterns of mind, like at, at home, maybe at work, or in, in family, or we have like our friends and foes, and then, and then we come to this environment, and within a few minutes, we're going to recreate the same thing. But instead of having, uh, you know, somebody who talks at us in a demeaning way, it's going to be somebody's breath. You know, like we're just going to find a way to recreate the same, you know, John Kabat-Zinn's book, what's the title? Wherever I go. There I am. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are. You know? So, um, 
Yeah, so this investigation of the, that we can bring in of the pleasant, the unpleasant and the neutrality. And please don't use that because all of these we can use against ourselves. Look at you. He just talked about this and look, this is what you're doing again. You know, unwise, he said, you know, this is not what it's meant for. <laughs> you're actually not allowed to do that. What we do is more like, if it's possible, more like, oh, a compassionate response. Oh my God, look at that. This is what the mind does, of course, it does that. It wants to pull away, you know. Or maybe there's going to be some excitement about it. Oh my God, I just saw it. You know, I just saw it. Like I got a moment of boredom in walking and I thought about tea. Suddenly tea was extremely pleasant, you know, like ginger tea is calling, you know, because boredom is here, you know. And it's unpleasant or neutral and I can't stand it, so I'm looking for pleasantness. So we're invited to become aware of this and maybe have some humor about it. And maybe that doesn't happen to you, or maybe it won't happen with one of the stimulation, and you'll notice, wow, this mind can totally meet unpleasantness. And last thing I'll say is, I'm not suggesting here that we should become carpets, and that un- we should live through uh, uh, unpleasant things, you know. Still discernment is there. This is not acceptable behavior from somebody else, or, you know. That is, it doesn't mean that. It means that I'm able to have my full access of the, to the fullness of my abilities, values, integrity, capacities. Uh, more and more, it's a practice. I don't want to make it kind of perfect and uh, utopia here. It's not going to happen. But that I gain more and more access to a capacity to remain full, present, engaged with reality, and responsive, but not reactive. You know, that I can respond to uh, things that happen that are, you know, disconcerting or extremely uh, pleasant. That I can actually be there fully make this. Is there something that we can work with here? I think we, have, we could do a month retreat just on that mm-hmm. there. And it's probably going to be a lifetime exploration. So let's go for it. And uh, again, this won't be done perfectly at all. That's not the point. The point is to just stimulate uh, investigation. So it's not something to think about so much as to feel. So we'll sit together for maybe 20 minutes or so. And like the rest of what uh, the other fields of exploration or objects of meditation, or, uh, like the rest of them, we don't have to make them. We don't have to produce anything. It's part of this life. It's happening. It's been happening. It's happening right now. And maybe sometimes it becomes more obvious. It uh, can be noted, can be experienced, felt more clearly. So there might be something here pleasant that you can uh, 
locate, feel in your body, maybe there's a tingling in the cheeks. It doesn't have to be, a, and it could be, you know, extremely pleasant, but just slightly pleasant. Maybe the hand, hands resting. Maybe uh, the taking in of the air, the in-breath, maybe has something good to it, feels something good to it, or not. It might be also easy for us to locate, recognize, uh, unpleasant experience right now. There might be an area of the body that is uh, uncomfortable or painful, or where there's pressure. Or maybe see if we can allow this to be and to be known. If there is clinging, like rejecting or fearing. You don't have to judge that, but just become aware, oh yeah, and the mind is tight around this. The mind doesn't want that. This is how it is right now, there's resistance. Many of the things that happened are uh, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Often we miss them. But maybe this morning we'll discover some of these experiences and their neutrality. We let these things reveal themselves. We don't go digging or forcing again. They're just available. And it might appear in our field. Some of us have, uh, as an anchor, uh, the breathing, kind of a home base, a refuge, primary object of meditation. Like a boat, when it's anchored, it's not always exactly 
above the anchor, it's around the anchor. It moves about. So, in the breath, in the anchor of the breath, we can allow other sensations to be known, or sounds, or states of mind. Suddenly becomes, a, come in focus. And sometimes the slight pleasantness of an experience might stand out, or the slight displeasure, or the neutrality of the breath itself, maybe. You might notice the mood you're in at some point, if it's outstanding, or the state of mind, or state of heart, or emotion that is there. The mood we're in sometimes is neutral. Sometimes our mood is very pleasant, sometimes unpleasant. Can that be known? Can that be okay? just now.
Sometimes when we uh, get lost or caught or think about the past and future, we might project or remember or create stories where there's only pleasant pleasantness there or only unpleasantness there in the field. Might think of something next week and think it's going to be only unpleasant or only pleasant and fantasy. I project a lot of pleasantness, removing all unpleasantness from my storytelling. So you might become aware of this. We can spend a lot of time fearing future unpleasantness or trying to get future pleasantness. Maybe noticing this if it happens and just coming back to here and noticing here. What can be known here? What can be fully experienced here?
the wise uh, attention we're cultivating is not so much discursive. It's uh, interesting, interested in experiencing directly, simply, hearing or sensing or feeling. And maybe the feeling tone that is associated to it, to this experience.
Isn't that pleasant? So um, Damadina met her ex-husband and he said, could you tell me something deep about uh, Vedana, about that aspect of reality? And she said, she said many things, but one of the things she said is, um, when, uh, when unpleasantness finishes, it's pleasant. And when pleasantness finishes, it's unpleasant. And she said, neutrality, the way I understand it anyway, neutrality, when uh, met without mindfulness, often is unpleasant. Neutrality, when met with uh, uh, mindfulness, with a wholesome mind, if that's a word that could work for you, uh, often becomes a little pleasant. I don't know if you recognize this. And like when I started meditating, putting attention on the breath was very neutral and unpleasant. Like, oh my God, there's nothing happening. You know, and when the mind got a little refined, suddenly it's like, oh, in-breath. That's, suddenly it has uh, something almost pleasant in it. It's the quality of the mind that uh, meets it, meets reality. And often we think we believe that the pleasantness or unpleasantness is in the object, right? It's there. But this is a good place for investigation, is it really? Because, uh, you know, for a dog, a bone is pleasant. You know, it's like, wow, I want. You know, if I, I'm given a bone, you know, I'm not sure that I'm going to be experiencing it as pleasant. <laughs> So it kind of points to the fact that it's not exactly in the, in the object. And we've seen this, how our relationship to objects change. Our, the feeling tone is not stable like that. You know, you meet somebody and their voice, their smell, their taste, their, you know, everything about them is pleasant. And then at some point, maybe, you're like, well... Yeah. Or something else completely different. Yeah. So um, I was teach- uh, talking yesterday at lunch, uh, yesterday or the day before, with one of the staff members, and they were telling me that they were coming out of retreat, and they said, there's something that really shook me deeply, touched me deeply, that I, some wisdom that I got, and it was around that. And so this, she said... Uh, she said, uh, how did she, she said, she started by saying, pleasant and unpleasant, Pascal, is the same. And I said, oh, well, that's counterintuitive for me. <laughs> Would you tell me more? And she said, well, they're both kind of fabricated and unreliable and unstable. You know, like you, if you spend your life running for the, ple- trying to accumulate, stabilize pleasant, which is unstable, impossible to stabilize, and running away from the unpleasant, it's going to be a very busy life, you know, stressful. When you understand that they're both kind of shaky, conditional, they appear and disappear, 
you might gain access to something else and a freedom from that. Where suddenly it's not to get it to be pleasant. It's suddenly the whole thing is about how to meet this. That is where the kind of happiness can lie. How do I meet this? It happens to be pleasant. How do I meet this? It happens to be unpleasant. How do I meet this? There is the potential. So, I don't know. We ended the conversation with me wishing her a pleasant day. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's definitely something there. There would be more to say around this, but that's just to kind of open that field if it's of interest to you. And uh, so it's possible now to go explore this in the walking practice, the play, the dynamism of pleasantness, unpleasantness, and uh, neutrality. And for some of us, uh, maybe it will be explored in a group meeting, because there's a a few groups uh, meeting this morning, so please uh, be aware of this and join the group. Room two is uh, the second room past the bathroom, because room one is a little bit more unpleasant because it's next to the bathroom. (laughs) So we took room two. And Anushka is in the council house where you registered uh, when you arrived. Okay. Shall I wish you a pleasant day? Shaya, I wish you freedom and wisdom in meeting the different events of the day. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.